Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. A crisis is underway at Mississippi's infamous Parchman Prison. The facility has been on lockdown all week, and details are slow to leak out. On January 2nd, though, prisoners reported that staff cut electricity to one of the buildings, allegedly facilitating inmates from a particular set to carry out attacks on other prisoners. At least five are reported dead. No food has been served since Thursday morning either. Outside supporters have put out an emergency request for as many people as possible to call the prison and demand the prisoner's safety be protected and to let the admins know that their actions are being watched. The phone number for calling Parchman is 662-745-6611. Our episode this week finishes the conversation between Rojas, Meg, and Cyrus. Last week, they spoke about the conditions of transgender and gender nonconforming prisoners in the California prison system. They continue talking about efforts to support transgender and GNC prisoners inside and outside of the walls. Additionally, they talk to each other about upcoming projects, how the Me Too movement impacts prisoners, and the inherent sexual violence in the prison system. Now, here they are. I think that was the huge thing for me when I started working with CCWP is like I'd never been, I, I was like, oh, this is different. Like, this is about like love and connection. And it almost feels like less like mathematical or something. It's le- like, I felt like I was allowed to like actually like love as hard as I want to or can or something Mm -hmm. in this way where sometimes in other organizing spaces I felt like I was supposed to like keep hold that back or hold that in as a way of like doing being like the proper not impacted person do you know what I yeah no I I know what you're saying yeah yeah, it's not, that's not cool. Like, how are we going to get other people to care? Like, they're going to feel like, oh, I can't really say anything. No, yes, we should all be talking about it. We should all feel like this. We should all be mad. We should all be, you know, sad about what's happening to people on the inside. Yeah, everyone should be a part of it. We should all feel like, you know, if you're crying, you're, hey, that's how far the system's arms reach, you know? We're all impacted, I feel. Yeah, a lot of what I'm thinking about when you guys are talking is, like, the idea or necessity of relationships seems really central to everything. So it's just, to this CCWP, it's, it's, it's practice, you know? And also, um, like, what you described and what I personally know about, like, how important it is to have relationships on the inside and um, how... In, in like this inc- incredibly brutal world, the relationships we build like make up for things that we are lacking or things that have been taken away from us. So you, do you want to talk at all about some relationships that you've had or how you have thought or like the challenges of having relationships and like lock up but anything like that? Oh, the challenges of relationships and lock up is a... <laughs> <sighs> Uh, 
It's horrible. Like, the cops think if they find someone attractive, they act like everyone's their girlfriend. It's so crazy. Like, everyone is their girlfriend, and they act like these jealous men that want to fight you over their girlfriend. You know, and it's like, actually, she's my girlfriend. You know? You're like, excuse me, <laughs> this is not a competition. I won. <laughs> yeah, it's not a competition. Um, I've had officers tell me, like, I'm going to your girlfriend. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to move her to my yard. And they do. They separate you. You're, you know, they don't let you stay together. Yeah, relationships... That's that's a hard thing. They happen all the time. I mean, I've been in a lot of relationships in prison, but uh, it's like, you know, like, we can't get that close because they're going to take me away. And I, while I was incarcerated, I always, I, like, never cried on the inside, you know? I it just was so hard. Like, I didn't, even if they took me away from my girlfriend and put me in the hole, like, I would just act like, you know, Hey, we know that this is what happens. You know, this is... It's like you accept it and act like it doesn't hurt. And now that I'm out here, I cry all the time. I cry more than I've ever cried in my life. Like, I'm so sensitive for real, you know? And it's because now... I'm out of that place. You know? I have love and... You kind of forget about all of that. Well, they want you to. They... They... Do a lot of things to make you forget about that and create, um, like do things to start fights with you and your girlfriend or tell someone else that this person likes your girlfriend and they're gonna, you know, it's just weird what they do, but they do, they do that with, like I said, the friendship thing, us having friends in there, it's like, oh. They make your friends your girlfriend, and they think that's their girlfriend, so it's just all weird, you know? Yeah, I want to hear more about the friendships that sort of developed around organizing and vouching for, like, witnessing each other's struggles. and <sighs> That, it's so beautiful, you know? That's, it's like, my whole time in prison, I never seen that many people come together from different walks of life. That's how desperate everyone was. Like, somebody, please get this story out. Like, like, let's... I had friends that got their ribs broken. And their sternum? Is this sternum? Yeah, sternum, clavicle bones. Like, different friends got their teeth knocked out. And it was just... People that didn't get along started talking because of it. Like, hey, I saw that, you know? And... Those relationships, like you became friends with people you weren't even friends with or like cool with people that we, okay, like me, I have a lot of points. I would be like, I'm level four, but I have like 384 points and it's like, oh, points points is like every time you get a write up, you get six points. So, um, there's levels like levels one, two, three, and four, four being the highest. You can't get higher than four, but, you know. Um, it's like a risk level. A risk level, yeah. That determines if you're, like, a problem. And what yard you get. Yeah. And then depending on what risk you are and what yard you get put on, like, lower risk level yards have more access to programming and classes and then higher. 
Yeah. And in women's prison, they mix us up. They there, but they have like the honor dorm, which I could never be in there. But we're like actually on the same yard, but it's still like that, like different units. Like there's units I could never live in. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and I had so many write ups. I mean, my first write up was they. I wasn't used to officers patting me down, like male officers patting me down. I wasn't used to that. And when the cop told me to turn around and spread them, I was like, excuse me, like you can't touch me. And I ran in prison. I don't know where I was running, but I ran. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope. So I'm like, there's six officers chasing me around and I'm acting like I'm playing football. I'm dodging all of them. Like I didn't get it, you know? And they left me in a dress for a long time for that. Um, which is called a moo-moo. And that's to humiliate you. You only have to wear a dress. It's horrible, right? You have so many friends. I feel like every time we have like a different organizing event or meet up or something in a different part of California, you're like, I gotta go see my friends. And I'm like, do you have friends in every single city in California? Yep. <laughs> I do. I do. Because of prison, you're in a place where everyone's from everywhere, so I got friends in Northern California, I mean, all the way, like, from Shasta, you know? I can literally go anywhere in California, and I, I stop and meet a friend wherever I'm at, from San Diego all the way up. So, yeah, I do. I, I Those friendships are important to me. Like, we've been through something, you know? Like, we went through that and we me myself I have survivor's guilt like I was devastated when I left like I felt so guilty that I was paroling you know like and they were not so once they're out or whoever I get to see if I've run into people that I a person there was one person that we did not get along you know and I remember I was walking across the street, um, uh, two main streets. It was Central and Manchester, South Central. And um, a car just stopped, like at the red light, and I looked, and it was that person, you know, and they jumped out, and we just hugged. We It was the longest hug. People were honking, and it was like, hey, like, we made it, you know? And we just hugged, and they're also a GNC, we, it was crazy, like, I'm telling you, people were honking, I had two friends that were with me that hadn't been to prison, and were looking like, what is going on, you know, it was, it was, we didn't even say any words, but we made it, like, man, and just hugged again, and that was it, I never seen that person again, but that just goes to show what that, they want us to fight each other, you know, they always try to start stuff between us. So, yeah, it's super important, these relationships. Even to build relationships with people I didn't have good relationships with. What Which is not very many people, because I am a, you know, I <laughs> talk to everyone, I'm, yeah. I feel like... <clears throat> what do you want to say? I mean, I'm sure there's so much, but, like... What do you want to say to people who are inside, who are maybe like dealing with the kind of violence that you dealt with, but maybe don't know that there's 
feel alone or don't know that that there's so much isolation, you know, mm-hmm. and there are so many people going through what you went through, but also going through it with with so much isolation. And I'm so curious what like you wish you could say to everyone, you know. Damn, like I want to cry, like just like hang on, you know. A lot of I have friends that have committed suicide. You know, my best friend. It gets better when you're out here. Like, I, it's still bad. You know what I mean? Like with cops, but like, um, keep pushing. Don't let them make you feel that you're weird and. Like, you don't even belong in society. Like, just stay strong. I know how hard it is. And it's okay to cry. (laughs) It's okay to cry. And you're not weak. You're not weak. You know, that place, they use everything they possibly can against you. Like me, where I'm from, where I grew up. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're a snitch now because they know, you know, that's not. That doesn't go down around here. Like, that's not okay. But they even try to use our own, like, what we do to each other because we know no better. I mean, we're all stuck in the trap, you know? Um, They use our stuff against us, you know? And it's like, no, I'm telling. It's okay to tell on the cops. Like, there, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But it's so weird. Like, they were like, hey, Rojas, I thought you were a gangster. Not no more. You're telling. I'm like, somebody has to tell on you all. Like, yep, sure do. So I also want to say, like, that's okay. It's get some self-help books if you can. Again, I know that's hard. They didn't give me that when I was in shoe um, after my best friend died. It's just they attack you in so many ways. It's hard to say, like, hey, do this or do that because you know what's next. Like it. I know what's next, you know, I know what comes, if you, if you get like this, a little pumped up, like, you know what, like, I'm not weak, I can handle this, and you kind of feel like when they do break you, it's like worse, because you thought that you could take it, so it's okay, it's gonna, it's gonna keep happening, you know, and and cry, reach out to people, You, you look around, it's going around, it's happening to other people besides you organize you know stay together talk about what's happening write it down keep it that paperwork whatever you write it down on have someone else hold it someone that's maybe if you have a friend that's a cis woman you know like have them keep it because they'll throw it away you know damn like I want to say so much more like I wish I like I love you you know (laughs) seriously and folks are rooting for you like we're we're here for you but we know it's we know this is a fight you're not going to win, you know? But somebody, we have to start fighting some at some time, right? If you tell on these officers, like, other, I think other people will too, you know? Once somebody, like, steps up and does it, like, other people want to step up, build relationships with folks. If you're in shoe and isolation, it's just hang on. Just hold on. Keep fighting. Don't 
the suicide thing is so scary because my friends that have done it, you know, they felt there wasn't anything else. Like, there wasn't any other way out. Damn. This, that's a hard one for me, you know? I literally wake up and, like, cry, like, lay down and cry because, like, I want to say something where I know, where I know it'll matter or change. But, like, I know it doesn't. You know, other people are going through what you're going through. So, like I said, just stick together. That's something that I feel like you always say. I'm not going to say it the way you say it. But something that I've like heard you say so much is that, you know, when the violence and the surveillance is like so total, there's actually like no, any form of resistance is like, it maybe isn't a win the way we think of a win or something, but no act is small. Right. Like any, just being. Yep. Within that. Yep. Sometimes is all someone can do, and that's still huge. It is huge. Like I said, it makes other pe- people feel like they can do it too. Because it's like, oh, well, you're like, retaliate on all of us then, you know? And, and they are. And they are. That's not going to um, scare them, but... It still feels like when we get help, like, like I said, even at visiting, like, even if it was for that visit, like, it felt good, like, inside, like, you're not, like, CCWP is here, and they're not being mean to me in front of folks. It's still a little funny, like, yeah, you are worried about something, you know, like, you don't, because they don't think we're regular people or whatever, but, but yeah, it all matters, it all counts, it does, because at first, they just thought that we were going to stop, you know? But once they seen that we weren't, it was a little more... People were, like, I don't know, empowered, just feeling... That does something all, but all on its own. What is some st- stuff with organizing or just in general that you're looking forward to i'm looking forward to our video storytelling project yeah i'm super excited about that especially like all the people that we have that want to be a part of it yeah you know and we just applied for that grant yeah we got that grant the funding so yeah yeah Yeah. doing we're gonna have like our stories but like videos of us telling our stories like different people like different uh, transgency, queer women telling their stories, but um, what happens? Just, just, just them being able to feel like I'm putting my story out too. You know, I'm out here even if they weren't able to file a lawsuit because it's so hard. It's so hard to uh, get this far, even though it seems like it's going kind of slow. It's hard, you know, um, because of the 602 process, which is the appeal process when something happens to us. We write them up, but I mean that you have to give it to the cops and hope they turn it in. And then there was some, when you're in the hole, which is sick. But when you're on the yard, it's a little different. They still don't get to get logged, you know, not all the time. So it feels good. Like folks want to be a part of this to be out here and say like, yeah, I'm talking, just even just being able to look at them like, yeah, I'm not keeping your secret anymore, you know? Like, I'm doing it too. That's, it's exciting, our video storytelling project, and people can see that it happens 
it's not just my story, you know, and all the people that, I, I think we have a lot of good people totally. that are going to be able to tell the story. Awesome. That's the project, like, I'm ex really excited about. Huh. Yeah, people can look and I, hopefully they really feel it, you know. I don't know why people look at us and they don't look at us as victims, you know. Ever it's like, it's so crazy. Like, out here, this guy hit me, called me faggot, and hit me with this car. Well, the cops end up coming, getting, this is when I had got out. The cop, it was a year ago? The um, cops came and asked me why I jumped on his car. I'm like, he hit me with his car twice. Like, why did I? They just, you're not ever looked at like a victim. And hopefully, you know, when people see us telling their stories, they can maybe understand that we're victims too. Like, some tattoos don't mean anything. Short hair doesn't mean anything. Like, it hurts. I'm human. It still hurts me. You know? I don't know what people think and why they can't look at us like victims. Last month, I guess, we had a, like, vigil kind of action on the steps of the <laughs> California Department of Corrections headquarters, which was really powerful. Just to, like, see you all speaking about what you'd been through in front of that building. Yeah, in front of that building. It was scary. It was amazing. It was, it was sad. There's a lot of things, but ah, definitely felt good to be there. It, it feels like you get a little bit of you, a little bit of your power back, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you did that to me, and I was crying, but, like, I'm here now, and, like, I'm telling more people, and you're going to see this crowd is growing bigger and bigger, you know? And they can't silence And you can't. Yeah, there isn't anything. Well, me, they kind of still can do something if they want because I'm on parole, but... Uh, <laughs> It just feels like you're not going to do it in front of these, in front of everyone that's out here. You try to hide that, you know, that's not it's what happens on the inside where it can be a secret. Damn, that rally. So many people were pumped up about that. We got so much like positive feedback and when's the next one? I want to be there. And all of that feels good. Like, it feels good to know people care, and it feels good. Like, hey, we're all going to be here, and we're not scared. Even though there was cops kind of harassing us there, and, like, CDCR was doing who knows what, like, Just laughing at us or whatever from the inside, yeah. you know? But, like, we're laughing, too, you know? What's so wild being there is it's, like, they're in charge of so much violence. But then you see these people just coming and going with, like, their little lunchbox. Mm -hmm. As if they're just coming and going from, like, a toy store, you know? <laughs> like, and I think that's how power works, but it's just so weird. And you guys are there being like, this is what Yeah, you're doing. and they're walking by, like, kind of smirking, and it's like, damn. You know, I don't care where I work. I love my job, you know? But if somebody came and was like, Rallying like we're hurt by your job like the people that work with you, you know, I'm gonna pay attention I can't just like ignore it, but they they just feel like they Can I guess like it just doesn't matter unless we're a part of CDCR, you know or For cop lovers or something. I don't know otherwise 
it's just weird. Like, damn, are you human? Like, what? and then it also hurts me when I see people of color because I don't give a damn. You got somebody that is, you know, been arrested or something. Like, like you're on the wrong side. Like, how are you okay with that? You know? And it's like, then I kind of even feel bad for you. You've been brainwashed, you know? Like, damn. But really, have a heart, you know? Listen, listen to the stories. There's a trans man that was a correctional officer that actually sued CDCR because of him getting harassed mm -hmm. as a correctional officer. Like, duh! Like, can you, I mean, <laughs> talking about, like, the way cops treat other cops. I mean, damn, if it happens to you, what the hell do you think happens to us? Like, great that you got that out, but, like, you're on that side. You know what I mean? Like, you get to go home. Tell our story. You're in that place now. Like, we're... You're coming out in papers. I mean, talk about that. Like, hey, this doesn't, this actually happens to trans folks in prison. Like, I'm an officer. I got it bad. I can't imagine, you know, what happens in certain rooms and cells where no one can see. Like, if, if you were worried about being on the stairs with someone, you know, someone like, how do you think, can you imagine if you were in cuffs and locked in and have no keys and they have the keys to your cell? But, you know, people don't, again, they don't look at us like victims or, you know, there was the whole me, there is the whole Me Too movement and like we're, we're definitely left out. And then it's also scary that we're going to be left out as it grows. That's why we constantly try to remind people like that it's focused on us, trans, trans, queer, and cis women. We're not leaving anyone out for sure because they go through hell too. We all do, but... It's, it's a big difference. That prison is sexual violence. Oh, like it just prison is. <laughs> is sexual violence. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. When, like, you're trying to say that to people, and then I'm like, take off your clothes, you know? Spread your legs, bend over, grab your ankles, bend over, squat, cough, do it again. Do it again, you know? Spread yourself, like, open up more. Like, it, it, like that's sexual violence. I'm sorry. If someone can do that to you all day long, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, come here. Take off your clothes. Like, that's sexual violence. Like, it goes, I mean, more than that, but it's like they use that. That's all a part of it, but it's in their rules, so it's okay. You can get stripped out at any time or you aid. You're an analysis? Mm -hmm. At any time, it's like, oh, I think you're acting kind of suspicious. We're going to UA you. Take off all your clothes. Like, it's so degrading. Yeah, and it's and they make comments about your body. There's so much sexual violence just with like even within their own rules. You know, they're allowed to do it. It also kinda um protects them, right? Like that protects them because they're like, Oh, I was doing a strip search, I was stripping out like it's in their rules, so they're allowed to do it. They just have so much power like over you, your body. And in there, they can take away somebody's whole life. They could write you up and people can go to board and you ain't ever going home. You can catch another case. A friend of mine was supposed to be getting out and they are, they're Native American. They are queer, but a little more masculine presenting. And their braid, when they got slammed to the ground, their braid, they're Native American and don't ever, they rarely cut their hair. It go, it's pretty long. When they got slammed to the ground, their braid hit the officer and that, and now they're fighting, I believe, eight years. Your hair hit the officer. 
I had fought an attempted assault, and that was also a case that they tried to give me. There was an altercation, and one of my friends dropped their inhaler while I got up off the yard. We were supposed to be down, and I threw their inhaler to them. As we were in 103 degree weather, and they are dying on the yard, but the cops were still standing around like, Get down! Prone position! Like, clearly, like, she's blue, you know? Like, she can't breathe. I gave her an inhaler, and that was an attempted assault on staff. Yeah, because I didn't sit down. I ended up beating that because of the way they wrote it, but, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This has been KiteLine. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, Kite Line Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. Kite Line is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. Kite Line, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Please join us every Friday for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.